Awesome. What's up, my brother? I'm really good. Can you hear me all right? I can hear you. Did you hear me okay? Yeah, perfect, my brother. Awesome, my man. Awesome. Man, we're so excited to have you on today, dude. So thank you for making the time. I know you're so busy. Thank you for inviting me on, bro. It's a pleasure to be here. I always love doing things like this because it's just a joy to be able to like share with people and drop in, you know? Absolutely. Got man. My Absolutely. <laughs> I love it. I, love I just, it. I've just dropped out of I just jumped out of a cold plunge, so I'm like I'm all freezing, so I'm just having this awesome. to warm up. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> well hopefully this stirs some of that that heat, my man. We can uh, we can warm you up. Awesome, yeah. dude. Well, look, we've got a lot of people jumping online. A lot of people really excited to uh, to hear from you today, dude. And it's funny, awesome. so many um, you and me personally haven't met before, but we yeah. know a lot of people um, between each other. So, I mean, so many of my friends have done your events, and I've heard so much about you, man. And then, of course, I followed you for a little bit, and uh, and then I got your album, and I was like, oh, dude, this is this is on such you speak of my language in so many ways man so i just want to give you a shout out first and foremost really grateful to have you here and uh and i love what you do man so i'm excited to bring your message to to my followers as well thank you brother i appreciate that awesome man so look just a quick i'll give you a quick overview for everyone who may not know who you are but you're a healer breathwork expert you're a tattoo artist you're a musician you're an artist um, you travel all around the world sort of sharing your message and i know you've got a really unique personal story as well so why don't we sort of start from the beginning and maybe just tell us a little bit about um how it all started for you and, and where you grew up etc yeah awesome so yeah i grew up in new zealand mm. i grew up in a city called auckland um in west auckland and yeah growing up for me was awesome like i've got a really beautiful mum. she's so loving and supportive and she always like nurtured my dreams She's got a love, a lot of love to give, but you know she came from a lot of trauma as well. Mm. So, growing up, I was a real sensitive kid. I could feel a lot. I could feel all her stress, all her worries, mm. all her trauma that she hadn't dealt with. Mm. Dad was a little bit more of a rebel. He was, you know, riding riding motorcycles, growing marijuana into underground culture. There's a lot of violence that came with that. So, mm. growing up in the household, there was a polarity, you know where mum was like this little, she's, my mum's real little and she's, she was like this, the only way I could describe her is like this little light being. She's really into books and poetry and art and spirituality and crystals and she's really light. Mm. And dad was more, um, more free spirited, but more self-destructive. Mm. So growing up with that polarity, I witnessed dad, you know, being real self-destructive, drugs and alcohol and violence and all of the things that came around with um, not being able to process and feel your emotions and mm. using coping mechanisms to really to, to deal with it. So mm. I, I witnessed all of that growing up and I felt all of that growing up. And I was really sensitive as a kid to everyone's um, emotions and the way they would feel, the things that weren't really talked about or expressed I was feeling them in my body, you know? Mm. So that was happening from a young age. And then my father committed suicide when I was seven years old. Mm. He, um, he shot himself in the stomach mm. and um, killed himself. And that was really intense for me to go through as a child because 
as a seven-year-old, how do you process that? You know, it's really difficult. One moment your father's here, one, one minute he's not, he's gone. And for me, I guess that was where I really started to dis disconnect from myself or disidentify, disassociate from myself. Mm -hmm. And because dad represented safety for me, even though there was violence, there was drug abuse, there was all these different things. Mm -hmm. My father represented safety for me, you know? Mm -hmm. So when that safety left, I guess I didn't feel safe in my environment. I guess I didn't feel safe in my body. Mm -hmm. I disassociated from myself to a certain extent. Mm -hmm. I became very inward. I was an only child. I'm an only child, you know, and I'd, I'd use things like food as a way to kind of cope with things mm -hmm. um, as my way of, I guess, running from how I was truly feeling. But I didn't even know how I was truly feeling, to be honest. It was mm -hmm. just I was disidentified from all of it. Mm. And uh, food became a way for me to really... Um, to nurture myself, to, to self-soothe myself in mm. times of stress, in times of, um, you know, going through the turmoil that we all go through. And, and that, that stayed with me, that. And I ended up putting on a lot of weight, man. So as a kid, I became really big. Mm. And with becoming really big, you know, I was really self-conscious. I didn't like the body I was in. I actually hated it. Mm. Um, I didn't have any role models to teach me about health and, you know, the path that, you know, I should be on. Mm. So I became really self-destructive. I had a lot of anxiety. I had a lot of depression. I was really big. My health wasn't very good. I had stomach ulcers. Mm. I was really acidic, you know, and um, it got to the point where I realized I was exactly where my father was. I was on my father's path mm. and, you know, that was only going to end two ways. And, and they weren't pretty, you know, mm. and I, I was definitely on that self-destructive path and I had to make a choice for myself. And also I didn't want to put my mum through all the pain of, you know, the cycle of continuing on with what my father was doing. So mm. it was really interesting the way it, um, the way it all happened for me because mm. I was walking down the road one day and this traditional uh, moldy healer, walked up to me and at the time I didn't know that he was a healer mm. he just walked up to me and he started telling me things about my life and about my father and I'd never met this man but he was spot on everything that he was saying was very accurate and <clears throat> after speaking to him I knew that I needed to, to spend some more time with this man. So I actually went to his house. He, he did some traditional moldy healings on me. Mm. And these healings, when they do them, they get, they're getting into your fascia system. So they're doing deep body work and they're getting into the areas of your body that have been holding on to emotions, you know? Mm. So he was finding all the areas of my body that these emotions were lodged, all the grief, the pain, the sadness, the hurt, the anger. There was a lot of anger, you know? Mm. And he was finding it. And he was through this deep body work and also energetic work, mm. I was starting to crack open. I was starting to feel my emotions. Mm. And for me, this was something that was very, very um, new to me. I, I didn't really express my emotions. I didn't know how to access my emotions. Mm. And it was taking me through this process of just like release, getting me to release all these emotions and feel it and move through it. Mm. Mm. And that was my first ever experience 
of really cracking open, connecting to my emotions and really taking a good, honest look at where I was at and how I was feeling. Mm. And um, yeah, that, that was a massive game changer for me. That was the beginning of everything. Wow, man. So it sounds like that, that was, I guess, the tipping point or the, I, I guess, the, the breakthrough to the new, the new version of you and, and yeah, probably in the old world and, and new world. And I guess I'm, I'm curious, yeah. you know, when you were, you were growing up, you had that, that level of trauma uh, happen to you. And so what was, what was that version of you like? Were you, were you constantly getting in fights? You said you were angry. Like what was, what was that being? And then sort of who you are now, what are the differences? Yeah. So getting into a lot of fights um, all the time, getting arrested mm. um, a lot, mm. using alcohol to, to run from the rage, to run from the aggression, but mm. then ultimately the alcohol would bring it out even further. Mm. So in those times, and it was, it's, it was normal, right? You know, when I was growing up, we all drink, we go to parties, we go to bars, we, we do whatever, you know, that's just a part of culture. Mm. But for me, it would, the nights would never go well. Mm. When I would start drinking, it would activate a level of trauma, a level of aggression in me. Yeah, that was ready to start to come out. So yeah, there was a lot of fights. Mm. I would get into fights all the time. Mm. I'd look for fights. It would just, I just, that was just the way that my mind was. I was just really drawn to that lifestyle, mm. you know. And, and it was never pretty. It was mm. never positive. It was never good. It never ended up in a good place. It never brought anything positive into my life. Mm. It took me to deep dark places, you know, because every time that I went out. And I was aggressive and I had this altercation with, you know, with people. You never feel good about that. Yeah. You never feel good in hurting someone. Mm. You realize that the more you hurt people, the worse you feel about yourself. You're only projecting your own pain on people. But at that time, I didn't know that that's what I was doing. I didn't know that I was projecting my own pain onto others. So the old me, the old version of me was using drugs, using alcohol, Using sex as a way to escape from how I was truly feeling. Mm. And I wasn't ready to own any of it. Mm. Mm. I was really caught up in those cycles of self-destruction. And, 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 yeah, just kind of really distracting myself, keeping busy, not really wanting to take a look at how I was feeling deep within, you know, not mm. really wanting to own that. Mm. And the new version of me is, you know, that's, I, I take radical responsibility for how I'm feeling at every single moment and I own it mm. and I show up and I do the work that it takes to really process and to let mm. go of how I'm feeling. You know, if there's suppressed emotions, I work through it. If there's traumas, if there's different triggers, I'm there, I'm mm. working through it. I'm putting in the work. I'm doing what I have to do mm. to really up level myself, to, to hold myself accountable to the person that I truly want to be. Mm. And, um, you know, I love uh, that, man. it didn't used to be like that. Yeah, I love that. I love that quote. I, t I take radical responsibility of how I feel in the moment. I do the work. That's, that's awesome, man. I love yeah. that. I love that. So, well, I mean, what a journey first and foremost. And then you've obviously had a breakthrough and, um, and you feel different. You, you've tapped into a part of you that maybe you never knew about or you never thought possible. And then what sort of motivated you then to say, 
I need to go deeper and then start sharing this gift with the world like you do now. Tell us about that evolution. Yeah, yeah. Well, that was kind of a slow journey. So you, like I was, you said that I was a tattoo artist. So I've been tattooing, tattooing for about 20 years, wow. very long time. And what I started to notice is that when I was tattooing people, because people are in pain, mm. when people are in pain, you know, it can go, go two ways. They can shut off. They can, you know, in a tattooing session, they can just wear their headphones. They just want to be in their zone. Don't mm. talk to me. Or it can go the opposite way. People start to talk to you. They start to open up about their lives, about where they're at. Mm. Mm. And that started to happen to me more and more and more. People would start to open up to me about their lives, where they were at. Mm. They would have this reflective time and a lot of them were having emotional releases too mm. when I was tattooing them, not from the physical pain that they were going through, but about their life, what they were talking to me. Yeah. And that just continued to happen. And I realized that people felt safe in my presence for whatever reason. They felt mm. safe enough to, to talk to me about what they were truly feeling and what they were going through in their lives. Mm. So that went on for many years. And then... I just knew that I wanted to take that deeper. I knew that I wanted to study some kind of healing modality, some type of way to help people to not just to talk through what they were going, mm. um, to what they were experiencing, but to take them deeper into releasing, to clearing out, to moving through it. Mm. So I started studying different modalities. My partner was studying hypnotherapy at the time and body talk and kinesiology. Mm and many different things. So as she was studying all these things, I was going along for the journey with her, mm. you know, and I was kind of studying these things too. Mm. Just by her being in the work, I was mm. reading the information, reading the textbooks, being on her calls, just really interested in, in learning a lot. But mm. at the same time, I was tattooing. Mm. So I wasn't putting too much um, of my time into that, mm. but it was starting to creep in. I was starting to become more and more interested. And... Um, yeah, I was doing different, after that I started doing different online courses, like I did a mediumship course, because as a kid I was real sensitive and I could perceive spirits, I could perceive that, mm. you know, there was more to life than what we could see. I was sensitive mm. to things that were coming into my space, so I was learning about that and opening up to that. Mm. And around that time I found breathwork, and breathwork is what really did it for me, because it really allowed me to access a part of myself that I'd never accessed before. It allowed me to really open up to my subconscious mind, to seeing why I am the way I am, mm -hmm. why I make the decisions, where those decisions came from. Mm -hmm. It allowed me to access my belief systems, the way I see the world, mm -hmm. and it allowed me to really start to clear out the things that no longer serve me old ways of being, destructive behaviors, and really see my life and myself from this expanded perspective. Mm. And it wasn't about anything that anyone was telling me. Mm. It was my own direct experience. And that was my first time of entering into a deep 
altered state of consciousness through the breath work where I was able to perceive myself and see myself mm. from such an expanded perspective that everything made sense. Mm. My mm. whole life made sense. Mm. I knew why I was the way I was. I knew what I'd been through in the past. I knew how to clear it out. Mm. I knew I knew how to heal myself. Mm. Mm. And as soon as I came out of that experience, I just knew that this was the medicine that I needed to bring to my family mm. and I needed to bring to you know, my tribe, my community, my people, because it was a, not about a belief system. It doesn't matter where you're at on your life, what you believe in. It was a direct experience of becoming your own healer, mm. you know, and that to me resonated so deeply because everyone that I worked with in the past, the coaches and healers and all these different people, it was really powerful. It helped me so much, mm. but this was different. This was a really direct experience with tapping into whatever, you know, I needed to tap in to understand myself deeper. So that was the catalyst for everything, my brother. Mm. That, was, that was the change. Yeah, yeah wow, sure. wow. And, I mean, where you've taken your breath work now, it's, I mean, it's really incredible. You travel the, the world working with amazing people everywhere in groups, one-on-one, -on -one, with celebrities, to, to basically anyone who, who needs... Uh, to heal and sort of go through the process that you're teaching. Are you surprised at how quickly people are picking it up and how receptive people are to this right now? Um, I feel, yeah, so, so to answer, answer your question, yes, I feel, I feel the world needs it, man. Mm. I feel whether it's breath work, whether it's other modalities, whether it's coaching, whether it's mindset stuff, whatever it might be, mm. I feel the world needs that. We're now open and receptive to, to these things because we need it. Yeah. You know, man, it's, it's really important that we all have tools that enable us to like clear out the past, to let mm. go of trauma, to move, to let go of suppressed emotions, mm. to access our own deep clarity and insights from within. Mm. Mm. And I see that we, we need more people that are sharing these tools and whatever they are, you know, whether it's plant medicine, psychedelics, whatever it might be, mm. helping people to access what they need to for themselves, for their own healing, for their own up leveling. Mm. So it has been surprising. It's been interesting how fast this has, has happened, but I also know that it has its own, as it has its own life to it. So we have a business called the O2 Awakening mm. and the O2 Awakening is like, it truly does have its own life. Mm. It has its own. It has its own um, thing, man. It's mm. just opportunities come. Things just mm. happen. Mm. But it's because we're in the work. We're actively doing the work on ourselves. We're sharing the work with people, mm. and yeah. we're in it, man. And then from that, just good opportunities come. You know. Yeah, yeah. It's amazing, man. You're doing a phenomenal job. I'm curious as well. I mean, you work with such big groups in Australia, New Zealand, uh, the USA. Do you notice? Mm. Do you notice any differences in, uh, I guess, how people are healing or the things that people have gone through from, I guess, Australia or the US? Is there any sort of big differences that you pick up on or notice energetically or behaviorally or anything like that? Um, to be honest, it's all the same. Mm. Like everyone seems to be dealing with clearing out the past, mm. whatever that is. And a lot of it's ancestral trauma. It's things that have been passed down through generational mm. breaking, like um, belief systems within mm. themselves, belief systems that don't serve them, mm. working on the subconscious, clearing out things mm. and really working on the nervous system. 
clearing out um, clearing out emotions that they've stuffed down, clearing out old ways of being that no longer serve them. If they've been through traumatic things in the past, really coming to a place of healing and resolution within those within those within those experiences, so they can understand, mm. you know, those experiences, and they can move beyond them. They don't feel trapped within them. It's not still looping within their own psyche, their own body, their own mind. Mm. What I learned early on is, you know, when we hold on to things from the past, you know, emotions and stuff. Those emotions get stored in the body. Mm. And I never used to really think of it like that. But after working with thousands of people all around the world, I realized that the body remembers, the body holds on to things. So when you go through something in your life, and if you're not able to process that and release it and come to a completion, your body stores that, holds that memory, holds that emotion in. Yeah. So in these workshops, we're just helping people to release these emotions mm for whatever reason they haven't been able to access it and clear it out of their system. Mm -hmm. And when we do that, it's like we're liberating them. We're creating more room within themselves, within their body, within their mind, so they can really tap in and get their own clarity and their own guidance. Mm -hmm. And that's usually what happens in most workshops. Some people have really intense kind of psychedelic experiences and they go way out. Mm. Other people have multiple orgasms in these workshops. Mm. You know, there's a lot that happens. It's pretty wild and intense. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, and some people just go into a deep parasympathetic state where they have a really deep rest and re relaxation and they have a full stress release where they mm. just let go of all tension and stress within their body. Mm. Mm. There's a lot happening, but for the most part, people are letting go. It's a deep emotional purge. Yeah. So. I mean, it's phenomenal. I, I haven't had the honor of doing breath work with you yet but i have uh, i have done um a bunch of breath breath work myself and with uh with yeah. some other healers and and the experience is incredible i mean it's phenomenal and as you just mentioned it's almost that instant release isn't it, it like it happens right then and there and i've i've ended sessions me personally just in tears and like crying for for about an hour yeah. other other ones yeah. i just need to just have my own space and, and process all the thoughts and feelings. And each one's been slightly different, I guess, dealing with a different thing at a different time. But one thing's for sure, it is definitely an experience and it definitely has an immediate positive effects that are really hard to explain sometimes. And, uh, yeah. and I think that that's such a powerful gift to give people. It's incredible. Yeah. Do you still have yeah, experiences yeah. like that with yourself personally, even though you do it, have done it for so long and so much? Yep. So I did like a breathwork session for myself yesterday. And then the mm. day before that, I did a, you know, a one hour breathwork session. Mm. And for me at the moment, I'm just tapping into a lot of clarity, mm. a lot of understanding around my business, around my future, where I want to take things. And that's still kind of the way I operate business at the moment. Mm. I'll go in, I'll do my own breathwork session. I'll get the clarity, the insights, the ideas, I'll write them all down mm. and then I'll review them. And then I'll start to, you know, take action on those ideas, on those concepts and, and bring them into fruition. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. So that's sort of, I want to talk a little bit about your music in a second because the message behind that is so, so powerful. But I want to give our, our listeners just a, a quick strategy. So I think that controlling your state and I guess your emotions is so important just to be a high achiever or just to feel good in general. I mean, you know, some of us want to hustle and, and create amazing things. Others just want to feel good and be at peace. And, and controlling yeah. state is so important. What's a quick 
tip or strategy you can give people listening to um, take responsibility for their emotional state and sort of control that in the moment to then be able to get more out of themselves? Yeah. Okay, so the first thing that comes to mind is giving yourself permission to feel the emotions that are arising within you, whatever those emotions might be, rather than pushing them down, suppressing them through any coping mechanism that you might do, becoming aware of the tendency to not want to feel and want to escape, whether that's through just keeping busy, distracting yourself on the phone, through eating, through sex, through drugs, through alcohol, whatever it might be giving yourself permission to feel the emotions that are arising in the moment for you. And when you start to do that, you become more comfortable with doing that. You become more comfortable with sitting in the uncomfortableness of feeling your emotions because it's not comfortable. You know, it's one of those things where we've been conditioned to, to, to really, to run from our emotions to a certain degree. So if you can give yourself permission to really feel your emotions, whatever those emotions are, as you're arising in the moment, to sit with it, to sit with yourself and to move through and process them, then that's a beautiful way. That's, that's for what I found for me, that's the most powerful way. And I'm not talking about sitting in a feeling and wallowing it, being, being a victim. I'm talking about actively moving through it. So if you're feeling sadness, grief, anger, frustration, whatever it is, instead of sitting in that feeling and being a victim, taking radical self-responsibility to move that energy, to move those emotions, to clear it out of your system, to come out the other side of it yourself, simply by sitting in silence, by sitting with that emotion. Maybe it's through journaling. Maybe it's through self-inquiry. Whatever it is, I found that to be the most powerful practice. And using things to, to, to change your state, whatever it could be. So say it's breath work. It doesn't have to be a one-hour breath work journey. It could be simply five minutes of breath work. It could be a cold shower. It could be using affirmations. It could be, um, you know, coaching yourself, asking yourself questions. It could be anything, you know. Self-inquiry is really powerful. Um, those are all things that I do on the daily, and I recommend to everyone to, to really practice because they're powerful and things that can change your state, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. Really good advice, man. I think you, you hit the nail on the head. Initially, just like, just like anything, when you start to do something like this, just like working out or whatever it may be, it hurts. It's uncomfortable in the beginning. And I guess you've got to adapt to being okay with feeling that emotion. I know for myself yeah. personally, it's something that I've worked a lot on in the last sort of uh, 12 months. And I still find it so hard, so hard to just sit yeah. there by myself and let myself feel sometimes. And it's a process, man, as you know. Yeah. But, uh, but I love that that's the message that you're sending out there and helping people with. It's really powerful. Now, let's talk about something else that's really powerful and I'm absolutely loving. It's your new album. And, uh, and your music oh, is you. incredible, dude. It really is. And not only is it actual, like, the music's amazing, but the lyrics and the message behind it is so freaking powerful. And uh, Thanks, I've got a that. few favourite tracks that I've just had on repeat myself. I love the intro. The intro, yeah. the, that, that just really sets the tone for the whole album. You know, lyrics like, you've never been alone, you've never been alone. Like, I love, I love mm. the, the message in it all. Just tell me a bit about it. Let, let's spread the word and tell us why mm. are you motivated to create music like this and how did this album come about? Share. share. 
Mm. Cool. Yeah, it's quite an interesting story, really. So, me and uh, my partner Hala, we live in Los Angeles. Well, mm. I'm currently in Perth at the moment. We were on a tour with the O2 Awakening, traveling through Australia, running these workshops, and then you know everything closed down. Mm. So we're, we're in Perth for the moment, but we we're based in Los Angeles. And I was in Los Angeles, and I had all these big opportunities come to me. And for whatever reason, these opportunities started falling away. And as they were falling away, I was becoming more and more frustrated within myself because where I wanted to be putting my energy and my time, it just wasn't available to me anymore. And I found myself getting really down and getting really frustrated. And my partner, she is, uh, the only way I could describe her is a wizard. She's a channel. She's, uh, she's an empath. She works with so many different modalities to help people have their own realizations and their own healings. Mm. So I asked her for a session, and she held space for me in the session. And my dad came through from spirit in that session, and he said, focus on your own endeavors, my son. Focus on your own endeavors. And in that moment, the word, the word endeavors stood out for me. And I didn't really know what my own endeavors were in that moment because I was so focused on these opportunities. I was so focused on making these things happen that I wanted to. So I, I went into a meditation and I, I really started to go into self-inquiry. What are my own endeavors? What would light me up right now? What do I feel drawn to? What do I feel inspired and passionate to do? And I was like, well... I would like to create some music. I'd love to create some music. And as soon as I had that thought, that, that idea, that inspiration come through around the music, I just got lit up. I felt so much creative energy come through me. And when, within a week, I'd written out all those songs that are on the album. And I was like, this is it. This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to create this album. And the intention behind the album is around deleting my own subconscious programs that hold me back from living the life that I truly want. And I'm going to take other people on that journey. Mm. And I wrote those songs and then I was like, okay, now I need a place to record them. And I was like, I'm not sure where I'm going to be able to record this album. I just, I don't have any contacts here to any recording studios that I feel comfortable to be able to, to go do this. And then I remembered one of, um, my clients, he had a, had a private recording studio in his house. Mm. And I was like, I don't know if you'll let me record there, but I'll hit him up anyway. So I hit him up and he let me record. He was like, yep, come through, record. And one of his best friends that lives with him just so happens to be a producer and creates music. Mm. And I, then I hit him up too. I was like, and that's the guy that you hear featured on the, on the songs, Macklin. I had Macklin up and I said, Macklin, would you help me create this album? I feel like I'm really drawn to it and I want to create it. And he was like, yep, let's go now. Come over. Let's do it. So it was a beautiful thing. I went over. Um, so my client was a guy called Logan Paul, who's a YouTuber, an entertainer. And I was go so I was going to his house in Los Angeles. And it's a beautiful house, beautiful, beautiful property. And inside this property is a private recording studio. So me and Macklin would sit there every day and we would just you know, we just sit down, we just empty out. I'd tell him around my, uh, my ideas, around what I wanted to do. Some stuff that I had written worked with the music that we created. Some stuff didn't. But mm. the whole process was just enabling ourselves to have fun, to get creative, to be spontaneous, and just to see what wanted to come through. And it was an absolute like pleasure and um, so much fun making that album. It was so awesome.
Well, man, you, credit to you, dude. It, it is a phenomenal album. The, every song, it's it's all killer, no filler. That's for damn sure. And um, Thanks, and honestly, the, the the message behind it's unreal. So, what's your vision for it, though? Like, where do you want to take this? Are we going to be seeing you on stages, uh, film clips? Like, where do you want to go with this? Uh, so, my main goal that I've set for myself is that I just want to keep creating. I want to keep creating music. Mm -hmm. I want to have fun with it. I want people to connect with it. Where, where, where it wants to go, I'm really open. Mm. I see myself playing festivals in the States. I'd love to create more of a movement with music. I'd love to invite people and, and grow my audience mm -hmm. and have this music connect with more people. And I'd love to perform at festivals. That would be my ultimate dream if I could, um, you know, if I could do that, if I could be on stage performing at festivals. That's what I'm manifesting at the moment. That's where in my meditations, that's what I'm visualizing. I'm seeing myself on stage performing with Macklin, creating music and us being really out there on, on a, on a, you know, on a, on a global scale. Mm -hmm. And I know that's going to take time. That's going to take work. That's going to take a lot of energy. Mm -hmm. And when I'm back in the States, I feel that's when I can actively pursue that mm -hmm. and I can work on that and, and really put time and energy into mm -hmm. creating that while I'm in Australia I'm really focusing on myself. I'm focusing on my fitness, my health. I'm learning a lot, putting heaps of time into study mm. and then just working with clients, helping them. So that, yeah, that's kind of where I'm at with things. But the music is just a passion. It's an outlet for me to express aspects of myself that I might not get the chance to express in, you know, in daily life. Yeah. No, I love it, man. You've done an amazing job. And, uh, and so tying into that, you said that you recorded it at Logan Paul's mansion. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. so I, I was watching your stories and you were doing a bunch of work with Jake. Was it Jake Paul or Logan Paul who had the fight? Yeah. Yeah, with Jake. Yeah. yeah, with Jake. And I mean, you were you were basically like his guru through the <laughs> through the whole training camp and helping with breath work and ice bars and then his vision. Tell me about that mm. journey. How did it come about? What did you learn on it? And uh, and and what mm. what did that mean to you? Hmm. Yeah, that was cool. So those dudes are really interesting. So Jake Paul is 23 years old mm. and his brother Logan Paul is 25 years old and they didn't come from money. Mm. They grew up in Ohio, mm. um, working class family and through putting themselves online, they've been filming their life and putting it online since they were seven years old. Mm. They were just naturally drawn to the camera and through doing that, you know, they have been able to get to financial freedom mm. you know they earn millions and millions and millions of dollars doing that through their clothing lines through putting themselves out there through movies through entertainment it's really amazing so the first thing that i learned from those guys is their dedication to their self-mastery when it comes to business when it comes to really putting themselves forward like in the spotlight and being able to state change, switch their state. So there was many times where I was hanging around with them where they didn't feel like they wanted to do an interview or they didn't, they just, they were feeling low or they were just chilling on the couch, but they had something important to do. And I'd watch them change their state just like that. They'll just snap into it. They'll just go mm. and they'll just hustle. They just get on. And it wasn't coming from a place of being fake. It was coming from a place of now it's go time. This is what we do. Let's go. Mm. So that was really interesting for me to watch their hustle because 
they're playing at such a high level, you know, and they have a whole team behind them that are like on the payroll mm. that live with them, that are getting paid through what they do. Mm. And they're putting on so many people and they're putting so much money into different charities, into all kinds of things that don't, people don't see. So I was really inspired by the, like their business ethic mm. and, the, and their little level of hustle and dedication towards their vision and what they, um, what they're trying to aspire in their lifetime. Mm. Um, and how it came about me working with them is we put on a workshop in Los Angeles and Logan Paul came out. I'd never met him. He came up to the workshop. He had a really good experience. His whole team were there. And then they invited us out to do private breathwork at their house. So I was, I was going up to there and doing breathwork sessions with them and his, his whole team. Mm-hmm. And then I met Jake through that. And at the same time, Jake was starting to train for a boxing fight. Mm-hmm. He was really sick of the YouTube. He was sick of basically being a 20-year-old boy putting out bullshit content mm-hmm. um, that was, you know, for a younger audience, and he was really getting over that. Mm-hmm. He was really feeling like he had had enough of that. He wanted to challenge himself. You know, he's growing into a man. He's learning about himself, mm-hmm. and boxing was a way for him to do that. So he's really drawn to the boxing. He was training with a guy called Sugar Shane Mosley, who, you know, he's like a world champ. You know, he's he's really awesome amazing dude mm. really really he's a retired he's retired now mm. um but he's in you know the boxing hall of fame he, he's he's legendary yeah so he was training jake and um i was doing private sessions for jake working on emotions clearing out emotions and i think it was shane said to him that he should bring the breath work in to the training camp to help him with training camp, with certain exercises. And as soon as Shane said that, um, Jake hit me up and he was like, you know, would you be interested of coming aboard on the training camp, being a part of it, doing the breath work? Uh, I said, yeah, I was like, hell yeah, let's do it. Mm-hmm. And it, it was more than breath work though. What we were really doing with Jake is getting him to tap into what he wanted to achieve with, you know, his boxing, seeing the outcome he wanted, getting him to visualize it, getting him to be in that state, really seeing it and feeling it happen. Mm-hmm. And then using the breath work to allow him to slow down his breath when he was in times of stress and overload with adrenaline and cortisol pumping through his veins when it came to the sparring when it came to him really pushing himself blowing down his breath being able to control himself in those states so he could get more out of his rounds he could get more out of his physical activity of pushing him pushing himself forward and he wasn't controlled um you know by that all that adrenaline and cortisol because anyone who's ever been in a fight you know it's like you can, you can have such a high level of fitness, but when you get inside that ring, it's all that adrenaline and cortisol and everything running through your veins, you know, that can just, it can just make you go into those dumps where you just, within the first few rounds, you've just got nothing left, even though you're at such a high caliber of fitness. Yes. You know, so we were training his body to, and especially in high, alti- out, high altitude as well. We were up in Big Bear in California, super high altitude. So we're going for runs. We're doing breath work in the high high altitude putting his body under a lot of stress and then using the breath work to really tap into that Mm. and allow him to get more out of his workouts so that was a beautiful journey and i felt really um honored to be about a part of that journey i stayed at sugar shane mosley's house through the training camp and uh, that was a beautiful experience i learned so much from those guys and really the, the thing that i got out of it the most is just their dedication to their vision once they decide that they're going to do something 
they don't fuck around. They go all the way in, you know, and that was really inspiring to see. Wow, it's amazing. And based on that, he, I think he knocked the guy out in the first round, didn't he? First round, yeah, 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 he got it. Yeah, yeah, amazing. And so what did you notice within him? I know you were doing a lot of vision, as you just said, vision work and through the meditation. Did you, could you see the shifts taking place? And what did you really notice about his personal evolution just in that short period of time? Yeah, well, he's so young, you know, and what I noticed the most is when you have got into a level of self-mastery when it comes to finances. So for him, he, sorry, he's 23 years old. Mm. He owns, you know, like a $10 million property in mm. Calabasas, one of the richest, you know, most effluent, beautiful neighborhoods in Los Angeles. It's mm. a gated community. Mm. You've got to actually, when you go into his community, you've got to go through security gates and, um, you know, a whole, like a whole, you, it's like, it's another world out there. You've got to go through a whole like gates of security and people to get into the actual neighborhood itself. Mm. And then when you're in the neighborhood, you've got more security and stuff to go through. Mm. He's got Lamborghinis. He's got beautiful houses. He's got everything you could imagine. So he's been able to attain all of that at 23 years old. Mm. So when you get to that level, It's like, what's next? Mm. You know, he's, he's done that at 23. Yeah. He's been able to achieve all the things he wanted to achieve at 23 years old. So for what I noticed the most is what he got out of the breath work is understanding himself on a deeper level, mm. understanding aspects of himself, learning about himself, where for the first time, you know, 20 years of his life, 23 years, it all had been, it all been like pushing forward. Mm. He'd all been focused on goals, on money, on business, on, on really hustling. And now that he had attained that at such a high level, it becomes meaningless. You know, mm. there's, you, when you've got like the Lamborghinis, when you've got like the house, when you've got everything, mm. you're no longer striving for it anymore. You have it all. And you realize that these, these material possessions don't mean shit. They don't bring you happiness. Mm. They're just there. They just add to your life, but they don't actually make you happy. They don't fulfill you. Mm. So that's what I saw him. The, the shifts happen the most with him was an internal shift of him learning about himself and really wanting to focus on the internal, wanting to challenging himself, wanting to be better as a person. Mm. And the breathwork was helping, helping him to do that, helping him to understand himself mm. on a deeper level and really get the most out of um, what he was choosing to do next with his life, you know, because it's now it's not, not about the money because he's got the money. So everything that he does in life next has to be coming from a place of inspiration. It has to be coming from a place by motivating him from a, from a different place, but not so much from financial gains anymore, you know, or not from trying to build an audience. You know, he's got like 20 million followers on YouTube. It's like they're no longer in a building phase. They're no longer money isn't the motivation anymore. So at that point, where does that motivation come from, you know? And it's about wanting to do better for yourself, wanting to challenge yourself, wanting to be a better person. So that's what, what I saw, um, you know, the shifts taking place with him, himself, you know, the most was the, that internal shift. Mm. Yeah, which is real cool. It's amazing, man. What, what a gift to be able to give someone. So well done to you, dude. And, and it sounds like you not only did you, you know, he learned a lot from you, but you learned so much from, from him as well and the experience there. So wouldn't it so much. I'm continuously, yeah, I'm continuously learning from them. Mm. Yeah. 
Amazing, man. Amazing. Look, dude, you, you put yourself out there in so many ways. I've only got a few questions left because we're almost out of time, but I, I need to ask this question for everyone out there. You, you put yourself out there with your business, you know, with your heart and soul so genuine and authentic out in the world, your music. I'm sure that just like everyone, you, you face fears uh, along that journey. Sort of what fears do you, do you face and how do you overcome those fears to just keep charging forward so authentically in the world? Mm, yeah, for sure. Definitely. Uh, fears come, right? They're a natural part of mm. like wanting to, to wanting to grow and to do mm. better in life. I have an interesting relationship with fear. So my relationship with fear, for those who are listening, for me, fear stands for false evidence appearing real. False evidence appearing real. So whenever I counter fear within myself, I really try to challenge those fears by stepping up, by moving through the fear, by not letting that fear stop me or limit me from doing the things that I want to do. And I will really take on that ferociously within myself. I will really go for it. Where I'm at with fear at the moment, I think I have a really healthy relationship with it because of that perspective. I don't think I'm... I don't think there's anything that I'm not really willing to do when it, if it comes from a place of self-alignment, if I know that's something I should be doing for my highest good. Fear doesn't really play a role in that. It won't stop me. It won't hold me back from doing it. I will definitely feel the fear. The fear comes up for me, but I won't allow that to overtake me to the point where I'm paralyzed or I'm not moving forward. I'll go for it anyway. I'll feel the fear and do it anyway. And that's something that I live by. Now, when it comes to that in my own business, in my own world, that's easy for me to do. But where I'm learning a lot is when it comes to fear with the multidimensional realm. So say, for example, going into a plant medicine journey. So say going into an ayahuasca journey or something like that, where I'm really going to learn a lot about my mind, my psyche, my spirit that feeling of just letting go of control mm. and surrendering that much and opening myself up, that still brings up fear for me mm. because it's so intense, those experiences. They're multidimensional experiences, very powerful, very intense. Mm. That's where I'm learning at the moment to do everything that I just told you, mm. to feel the fear and do it anyway. I'm still having those experiences. I'm, doing, I'm still doing it. The fear's coming up. I'm learning to be safe in my body. I'm learning to be safe in my environment. And I'm going forward with the understanding that mm. I want to learn about myself. I want to learn about the nature of reality. But if there's anything that scares me still, it would be that. Mm. Opening up to the multidimensional realms and just surrendering deeply mm. and be willing to learn about myself and about the nature of reality. Mm. That's something that's I'm still learning to um, I'm teaching myself to be safe in those experiences. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I can imagine how challenging that is. But as you said, it's a process, and it's that's where courage comes from. Every every time you're doing it, you you're challenging yourself, and a lot of people are afraid to even do that much. So I mean, that's yeah. it's truly inspiring. I want to ask you one more question, my man. If we could jump in a time machine and take you back to your childhood days in New Zealand, and you could give your younger self the, the gift of some knowledge, just some message that would truly help you on your journey to where you are right now. What wisdom would you pass down to your younger self, and, and what is that? Yeah. 
Well, I like what you said about being courageous then. Mm. I think I would bring that in. I think I'd tell my younger self to be correct, to be courageous, mm. to seize the, seize the opportunity, to seize the moment and be courageous, to feel the fear and do it anyway, mm. to know that I'll be traveling, moving through some darkness. There'll be beautiful times. There'll be amazing, you know, awesome times. And there will also be some dark times. And through those dark times, be courageous. Be courageous enough to show up for yourself to be your own coach, to be your own healer, to be your own best friend, and just to move through it, just to show up for yourself. Just be willing to sit with yourself through those dark times. Be willing to show up in the moment and just say, I am here, I am present, I allow myself to feel whatever I'm feeling and go through it knowing that I was courageous and strong enough to feel all of it, to feel everything and come out the other side, you know, a better person. Mm. I love that, man. What, a, what an awesome way to end the interview. Man, I want to say thank you so much for joining me. It's been amazing. You're an inspiration, dude, and you're, you're doing such a good thing for the world, for yourself and for everyone. So keep charging authentically and, uh, and with that passion, I know there's more amazing things coming for you. So again, thank you, my man. Yeah, thank you for the opportunity. And for everyone listening, I want to say, do something every day that scares you. Do something every day that challenges yourself. Something that's in alignment, but it scares you. It challenges you. Do something every day. I love that, my man. Guys, if you're listening, I'm going to have links on where you can find more from Lucas Mack. You've got to get on to Spotify, check out his new album. Um, and, of course, your website, it's lucasmack.com, yeah? Yeah. Yeah. Also the O2Awakening.com is where we have all our information around the breath work so that you, they can go on that too. But that's all on my profile. If you click on my profile, there's links to everything. So. Awesome. Add him on uh, Instagram guys. And again, Lucas Mack, thank you, my friend. Keep charging forward. Yeah. Thank you, my brother. See you later. Much love, bro. Much love.